Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, this week, I've got something a little bit different for you. Uh, I recently recorded a video for YouTube, and I recorded this video uh, for the podcast, for the audio podcast, as well as the video. And I have the video set to premiere tonight, if you're listening the day this podcast comes out. I've, I've got it set to premiere tonight because I wanted to try out the YouTube's feature with premiering a video because it gives me the opportunity to get in there and chat about some of the subjects and talk to everybody about it. So uh, if you're listening to this today and you want to go uh, later on tonight and watch the video uh, and chat with me and everyone else that's in there, uh, make sure and do that. I'll have the link or you can just go to my Survivalist Prepper YouTube channel and you'll see the premiere there. It's set to premiere tonight at 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. So whatever time time zone you're in, just adjust accordingly. But it uh, should be a lot of fun. If this goes pretty well, uh, what I'm going to do is maybe a couple times a month, maybe even up to you know once a week, start doing these premieres because I'd like to get in there and talk with everybody and chat rather than just me uh, running my mouth. I, I like the interaction and everything. So so with that, let's get into this show talking about my prepping priorities and my concerns basically going into 2021 and even beyond that and why you know everything seems to be, uh, my, my sense of urgency seems to be in a little bit overdrive right now. Remember the good old days of prepping and by good old days, I mean five, 10 years ago. Uh, when we thought about some of these different disaster situations and scenarios and and didn't have the sense of urgency these days. Back then, I'd say maybe it was 50-50. We were thinking, hey, I do need to prepare for some of this stuff, but uh, I probably got a little bit of time to do it. Uh, these days, it seems more like 70-30. Uh, there's, there just seems to be more sense of urgency. And I'm not saying that back then I didn't have, I've always had a sense of urgency about all of this stuff. But it really seemed like back then that, you know, compared to now, uh, that it was quite different. And that's what I want to go through today is some of these different prepping priorities I have and how they've changed just over the last couple of years. You think back to, you know, before Trump was in office, when Obama was there, we thought that, you know, everything was it. Anytime a Democrat gets into office, basically, I think uh, it's it's this. When, it, when a Republican is office, everything is kind of in status quo mode. Uh, but when a, when a Democrat gets in there, to me anyway, it seems like it's just in hyperdrive and everything, we're going down the cliff. So with me, it, the way this country is going, it's it, it never goes up, I don't think. It, it always stays stays low or it starts going down the hill. And then it you know evens off and then it starts going down the hill. So uh, I think eventually... Uh, Something fundamentally is going to change within our country, and that's why I want to go through uh, some of these prepping priorities I have and some of the concerns that I have uh, going into this next year and even beyond that. Uh, to me, it seems kind of like we're, we're all standing at the edge of this cliff, right? And we turn around and look behind us, and we see a bunch of politicians, a bunch of mainstream media personalities, a bunch of sheeple, all of these people just running towards us, getting ready to push us over this cliff. And we don't have anywhere to go but over the cliff. So, uh, and that's where I kind of see our country heading with popular culture, with the politicians and the government, and with the mainstream media and all the propaganda and all that stuff. 
Uh, I just don't see uh, how we can last. You know, who knows how long this goes on, but I just don't, I don't see how, how we could last. Now, like I said, I've always been that type of person that it kind of hopes for the best, but prepares for the worst. These days, though, I think it seems like some sort of myopic fantasy to think that everything's going to be just fine. And unfortunately, a lot of people feel that way. Uh, they feel that way because we've in in our lifetimes we've been very. I, I mean, I'm I feel like we're blessed to be able to live in the time frame that we have because nothing has really happened in the United States uh, that has caused us a lot of problems. You think back to the Depression. You think back to World War One, World War Two. Um, you go throughout history, and there's time frames where things just happened, and and people had to adjust to those throughout their lives. We haven't had to deal with that here in the United States for uh, it for my lifetime, anyway, and and even longer than that. Uh, but I think that's kind of a double-edged sword. Yes, it's great, but I also think that's what's led us to become as weak as we are, and allowed the things to happen that have happened. Now, how is this stuff going to turn out? We, like I said, we can we can do all these hypothetical situations and talk about all these hypothetical scenarios, but the truth is, we don't really know. Uh, the you know the economics has always been a big one for me. How does that unfold? Uh, we don't know. Could it be some sort of slow rolling depression type event? Could it be something like the housing crisis on steroids uh, that uh, you know destroys everything? Is it something that you know it's just continued? Uh, government interference with everything, data tracking, all this stuff leading up to the Great Reset or a program that looks like the Great Reset. I mean, we just don't know, but that's why we kind of prepare for all of these eventualities. Now, when it comes to prepping priorities, I kind of think of these in two different sections. One is what I'm preparing for. What is it that concerns me more these days than it has in the past? And I do these periodically, you know, a couple times a year, maybe once a year, and just reassess where I am, what I'm focused on. Because while the fundamentals of prepping stay the same, you need the food storage, you need the water storage, you need all of that stuff. All the stuff around the edges changes and what you're preparing for and what you should be paying attention to. All of that stuff changes over the course of time. And I think that's the the stuff that we need to be paying attention to uh, so we're not blindsided when something happens. We're preparing for one thing, and then all of a sudden we get blindsided by something else. So um, that's one part of my prepping priorities. The next part is, okay, now that I've got that stuff figured out, what am I going to do to better my situation uh, in in the, the event that one of these things does happen? Uh, and that's how I go about that stuff. And there's, you know, like I said, there's there seems to be more urgency with me right now and i'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way and and like i said when a when a democrat gets in office whether it was obama or biden it seems like everything just starts to escalate and and our concerns get a lot worse and uh, we we start thinking about this stuff a whole lot more because honestly you, you look at the the government spending and they're just willy-nilly doing everything and you've you've look at all the the stuff they've done throughout this pandemic and you know caused problems uh, to me, you know, I don't know where we are in this thing. It could be the beginning stages. It could be towards the end stages where things just start to change. Uh, and life as we know it, uh, the, the country that we live in, the, the way this country runs, um, could be fundamentally different in, you know, maybe 10 years, maybe 50 years, maybe it's 100 years. I mean, we don't know. But uh, the way everything is going, uh, it, it's going to happen. You know, we I did a podcast with with Brian Duff, and we talked about how the correlations between Rome 
and us. And I think Rome is a good one. You know, we can talk about Russia and Stalin and all those other all those all those other governments, but Rome is a good one because that's what our our government was based on. It was their republic in the beginning, anyway. Uh, they went through five hundred years where they had a republic, but the last two hundred years of that republic was just massive turmoil and all sorts of stuff going on, which eventually led to them, you know, choosing a dictator. They chose Julius Caesar to lead them. Uh, and that's the scary part is that they chose a dictatorship. The government was so dysfunctional and so bad that they chose a dictatorship. Uh, and there's, you know, there's probably people listening right now that, uh, you know, would would allow Donald Trump to be to become a dictator. And they think that would be better for the country. That's a little bit scary to me. I don't care who it is that is the dictator because they say one thing now and then eventually it's it's something else. So uh but it, but anyway, the what my point is with all of this is Rome didn't, you know, just fall overnight. Rome went through a whole bunch of SHTF type scenarios, whether that was economic, whether that was civil wars, civil unrest, all sorts of stuff that led up to uh, that dictatorship. And then even after that, you know, they went on for a while after that, too. Uh, but even after that, they still had their problems. So, you know, it, I, I don't see us as a country or something just falling apart and going into a Mad Max type situation is my point. I, I kind of see it as something that over time, you know, the, the country is not going to look like it does today for our grandchildren. Uh, and, you know, that means that could mean the Constitution is completely gone or, you know, all sorts of different things. You know, a, a good analogy for me is like a, you know, you've got a house that's got a leak in the roof, right? And, and you need to fix that leak because if you don't fix that leak, it's going to get into the house. It's going to cause a lot more damage, the, the drywall, the mold, all of that sort of stuff. To me, it seems like as a society and as our government, we're not fixing that leak. What we're doing is just basically grabbing an umbrella and, and hoping for it to stop raining. The government's putting band-aids on it. You know, maybe they put a piece of duct tape on the roof and all of that. The problem with that is eventually it's going to start raining again and maybe worse the next time, and eventually the house is just going to be destroyed. And that's where um, I see our, our government and all that just kind of doing that stuff. They kick the ball down the road. And as a society, we get programmed by the mainstream media and, you know, get told that this is okay and that's okay. And as long as everything, as long as we're told everything's fine and we don't question anything, then everything runs smoothly uh, in, our, in our minds anyway. And I'm not talking me and you, I'm talking you know, the average person, everything's fine and good until it's not fine and good. And that's kind of, we are a reactionary society and that's the way our government is as well. They're reactionary. Uh, my point with all of this is we, we can only control what we can control and we need to pay attention to all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we need to figure out what we can do about this, what we can do to better our situation, to give us the best odds of surviving something that can happen. And that's where, you know, putting together your prepping priorities comes into play. Now, when it comes to your prepping priorities, we all know a well-rounded preparedness plan is the best way to go. Uh, on this list of my top priorities right now, there, there are no natural disasters. And I think that's because uh, natural disasters are something we have no control over. But they're also something that we can, we, we don't know when they're going to happen or not. But they're also something that we can prepare for quite pretty easily. Uh, you know, tornadoes, hurricanes, all of that stuff. We know it happens uh, on a continual basis, maybe once a year, maybe once every 10 years or whenever. 
So we can prepare for that stuff and just hope for the best. Do what we can to get through that. Uh, and eventually we know there's a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to those natural disasters and stuff. I think also the natural disasters are sort of the baseline of preparedness. So if you haven't gotten those natural disaster type situations that are more likely in your area figured out, uh, you need to start working on that and not really worry about this larger scale type stuff uh, because that is the basics of preparedness. And once you have the basics down, you just kind of expand out uh, and you are prepared for a lot of this other bigger stuff. But um, so there's not a lot of natural disasters on my list. Here. There's no no natural disasters on my list here uh, because those are things that we should already have uh, a plan in place for and, ha and have those things figured out. My concern is as a society, we've allowed the mainstream media to get into our lives and basically program us and tell us, you know, propaganda, tell us exactly how we should think and feel. We've allowed big business to get into bed with with government, making a machine that just they don't care about you and I. They care about themselves. I'll leave a link to this video I found that talks about how in the last 20 years or 40 years, I can't remember one of those two. Uh, it talks about how the government doesn't give a crap about you and I. If if you're just the average person, it doesn't matter if something has 100% support, there's a 30% chance it's going to get done. If something has 0% support, there's a 30% chance it's going to get done. That's for the average person. Now, if you are if you've got a lot of money, if you're big business, the odds are it goes up to like 60% that if you agree with something, uh, that law is going to get put into place. Uh, so it, it just shows you how big business and, and big government are working together, and we just don't matter. Um, the same, I talked about Rome, and the same thing happened in Rome towards the end. In the beginning of their republic, every, you know, people had honor. Your wealth was determined not only by, you know, how much money you had, but by the, by the respect you had in the community. And that all went away towards the end of their, the, their republic, when big business and government and bribes and corruption and all that stuff started to happen, all of that stuff started to go away, which led to civil wars and, um, you know, SHTF F events, you know, Roman style, I suppose. And, and with the Roman Empire, you know, that the end of their republic was basically 100, 150 years where it all started to go downhill. But you think about, you know, that time frame back then when it took a month for you just to travel to the battlefield. These days, we're talking hours and days, where back then you were talking months and years. So the time frames, you know, we can't really say for sure, but the time frames are a lot different these days. Things happen quicker these days. So um, it's just in important to keep your eye on that stuff. At any rate, though, this is, this is why I feel politics plays a big role in preparedness. And I know some people don't like to get into politics all that much. Uh, sometimes it's just a bunch of you know, you know, it's it's just not worth getting into the details of all of this stuff. But we do need to pay attention to what they're doing, uh, because what they do affects where our society goes, how our society functions or doesn't function, and ultimately leads to you know other things like I'm going to talk about the Great Reset uh, when everything just gets so bad that the system has to completely change. And just like you know Rome. Uh, their republic, Rome didn't completely fall apart and just disappear. They changed from a republic to a dictatorship. Uh, and, you know, I, I I don't know that we will turn into a dictatorship. I don't know that it would happen in the next 50 years or so. But it's all on the table for me. Uh, 
you know, how does that it how does that all turn out? I don't know, but maybe it, maybe it doesn't happen in our lifetimes. Maybe it is something that my kids or my grandchildren have to deal with uh, in their lifetimes. But one thing I'm fairly certain of is that our country will look nothing like it does right now in say a hundred years or so. Uh, does it, what happens in between now and that hundred years? What sort of SHTF type situations happen in those hundred years? Who knows? All right, so I want to talk about a few of my priorities as far as SHTF scenarios, and I want to go through a couple things that um, I plan on doing or or increasing, getting better at over the next year or so. Uh, but the first one is you know, another pandemic, and I know I, I everybody's saying, "Hey, man, I thought you said there was a, you know no." natural disasters are in here. Uh, first off, I don't know how quote unquote natural this disaster actually was. And second of all, I think the bigger issue with this pandemic uh, was the overbearing response from the government and the things that happened because of, of this pandemic. Um, you think about, you know, if something, this pandemic had a, a fraction of a percent mortality rate, uh, which is, you know, I'm not downplaying that. Uh, if it would have been just a little bit higher, it could have overrun hospitals. It could have done a lot of stuff. But imagine a a pandemic that does have a mortality rate over 1%, a, a pandemic that maybe um, did deserve the response that this one got from the government, it was shutting everything down and doing all that stuff that the government did, taking that power and and enjoying having that power to dictate people's lives and tell them what they can and can't do of the opposite of what this country was founded on, basically. Um, think about a pandemic that would um, re that would actually justify a response like that. That would be complete chaos. We had, you know, some supply shortages here just because of this pandemic in the beginning. Nothing major, but it could have been. It never turned out that way. Uh, there was, you know, businesses being shut down, people being evicted, all of this stuff that in the next year or so, um, we're going to see how this all plays out trillions of dollars being printed by the government now to just kind of bail everyone out. Where does that all lead to? So uh, this, the end of this pandemic, and it seems like it's it could be over. We never know. There could be a resurgence and and we'll see how that goes. But um, this this pandemic or something worse coming up um, is it kind of ranks up there on my radar now. And I'll be honest, five years ago, uh, maybe even two, three years ago, a pandemic wasn't something that I thought a whole lot about. Yes, as a prepper, you know, we think about that stuff and we think about diseases and viruses and all that, but it wasn't something, you know, with I, maybe it was because we went through the whole SARS thing and all of those that never really kind of turned into anything. So when this COVID thing rolled around in the beginning, we we're all thinking, eh, we'll see how this goes. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, and then you get the government's lying to you and Fauci telling you this and then telling you that. So uh, it, it was just all very, very confusing. But it does it is something that ranks high on my radar right now, because who knows, you know, whether natural, whether man-made or what, you know, whatever it is, who knows how all of this turns out. So it is something that that I am concerned with. Uh, the next one is probably no surprise to a lot of people. I've been talking about how this is my my big one uh, for years now. And that's an economic crisis. And I talked about in the beginning, remember the good old days of prepping? I, I think back to when I started prepping and the national debt was, I, I think it was around 10 trillion, maybe 12 trillion, somewhere in there. Uh, and back then, it was a giant issue for me. 
Uh, you think back to that point, and it, it almost seems like nothing compared to when you're talking about $27, $28 trillion. It's, it's going to be uh, closer to 30 here in no time at all. And then you've got these economists out there saying, hey, we're going to rebound. Everything's going to be fine. You know, I'm not so sure about that. And I'm no economist. Uh, I don't understand the ins and outs of all of this stuff. But I do know that these economists, these guys that do know, um, tend to, uh, you know, they're all over the board with all of this stuff as well. So it's not like there's some sort of consensus about our economy is going to be just fine. It's basically, um, you know, a, a crapshoot. Uh, they didn't. They, people. Some people thought that the 2008 housing crisis was going to happen. Some people didn't. Some people say we're in a bubble now. Some people don't. Uh, I just don't see how it's feasible to be able to go in the direction we're going uh, and continue like nothing's happening. Uh, what I see with this, and I'm going to get into the Great Reset in a little bit. What I see with all of this stuff, it seems like they're, uh, you know, just printing money and have no concern over the budget, and they're just doing whatever they want. I see uh, some sort of change in the financial system, some sort of change in the which may um, include a change in the way everything's governed, all of that stuff. I see something like that happening in the near future. Uh, and I'm not talking 50, 100 years. I'm talking uh, in the next decade or so. Um, it, it's The problem is going to get so out of hand that they just basically need to reset uh, and and start a different financial system. Does that mean a global economy? I don't know. Does that mean uh, digital currency? I think most likely. Uh, and then you've got the technology and all that stuff, which is going to put people out of work. So how does all of that work? I think that goes into uh, why I think we're not going to recognize this country in 50 or 100 years. But uh, the economy is something that that is huge on my priority list. And I don't know I highly doubt it would be something, just a, a quick implosion. Everything just goes to crap, um, you know, in the course of a month or so. I see it more like the Great Depression, but the Great Depression on steroids, because we're a much bigger country now. It's a global economy, not a bunch of little local economies. So I see it being something that's, uh, you know, the Great Great Depression on steroids. We see it now with the rich getting richer and the middle class disappearing, uh, and then you've got the lower class, and I can see something like that happening. And something like that happening could lead to a reset of the monetary system because everything's just so out of whack and everything has gone gone to crap that, you know, why not just go ahead and reset everything right now? Now, if that, if that type of situation did happen, what other events would happen because of that? Because people would not be able to get food. People would not be able to, to pay their mortgage. People would not be able to pay their bills. There would be rioting. There would be probably martial law because people are freaking out and doing all of this stuff. There should be supply line shortages. There would be a lot of issues going through that stuff. And it's kind of that the growing pains, I suppose, of going from one financial system to another financial system or even just rebounding the current financial system we have back to normal. I mean, who knows how all of that works out, but it's something that, that is super concerning for me. My next concern is something that kind of goes into that or is a, you know, a part, a piece of that puzzle is how big business and the government are basically working hand in hand these days. And this all started back uh, right around the time of Bill Clinton. And this isn't a Democrat or Republican thing. This is a government thing. 
Uh, this all started back with Bill Clinton, uh, around the time of Bill Clinton, where they started the, these government officials figured out how they could basically enrich themselves and started inviting all of this money uh, more so than they used to into big government. Um, and over, you know, the last, you, you look at the last 20 years or so, and it's just completely gotten out of hand. And I think that you know, these, these politicians that are making all this money and doing all these things and these lobbyists and these corporations that are getting things done that they want done. Uh, in Rome, you saw towards the end of their, their republic, these big corporations, these, these, this, this government that helped these com companies get so big, uh, they were the ones that actually were uh, partially responsible for the decline of Rome because they got into the government, they corrupted the government, they started doing all this stuff. Popular culture changed where people, where government officials were um, doing things uh, because of popular opinion or they were shaping popular opinion and did stuff. And that all led to that decline. So big business is, you know, big business to me should just stay out of it. They should be separate. Yes, they can do what they want. They're private entities. And I've, I've talked about Facebook and all these other people like that. You know, they have the right to do what they want. The issue is when they start getting involved in politics and start making decisions based on, you know, the money in politics, where their money went, who, who they are trying to get elected and all that stuff. That's when that line gets blurred between a private business and the government. And once that, that line gets blurred and once those decisions start getting made based on popular opinion, based on what these big companies want, uh, based on the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks, all of that, that's when things you know, start changing for people like us that like to, that the free thinkers that like to question things, that like to ask questions why. All the other people that just follow along blindly, they're going to follow along blindly and then until they basically go over that cliff like I talked about in the beginning of this. Uh, they're going to go on along until they can't go along anymore. And then after that, once it's too late, then everybody's going to get all in an uproar and get all upset and start thinking about this stuff. And then the big, big businesses are going to go, okay, maybe we need to rethink this stuff. But the truth is, all of those people, these politicians, those big government people, they're all going to be fine. They probably got private islands and, and you know, nice fancy bunkers with all the amenities and all that stuff. It's us little people uh, that are going to be uh, subject to all the, the turmoil and the chaos and all of that stuff that goes on. So, um, you know, big business and government, that's one of my big concerns as well. And we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, I don't see that being something that, that causes some sort of disaster in the next year or so. But as that increases, and I guarantee you it will, as those issues increase over the next decade or so, um, those are going to be big issues. And maybe these big businesses in, in cahoots with the big government are the ones that kind of put this new, uh, new government or, you know, great reset, whatever you want to call it. They put all that stuff in order. Another one that is, is kind of, you know, it's always been on my radar uh, and it kind of ties into all of these different type situations are, uh, is the civil unrest aspect of preparedness in general. Uh, because, you know, on a local level, it matters, you know, depending on where you live, as far as whether you're urban, suburban, rural, all of that stuff. But on a national level, with all of this stuff likely to happen, in my opinion, anyway, uh, likely to happen in the next, you know, few years or so, possibly even sooner. I mean, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me if something kicked off in the next two, three months. Uh, you've got all of this, these racial tensions. You've got economic tensions that are just both of those going through the roof. 
the racial tensions are, you know, basically spurred on by the government and by these big businesses and and made to be a bigger issue than they actually are. Uh, but then you've got the economic disparities, which this coronavirus pandemic has shown that you've got the big businesses that are absolutely making money off this stuff. And you've got the little guy uh, that is, you know, you and I basically that are suffering from all of this stuff. So civil unrest is always a, a big issue for me. But I think when you think about um, when something financially happens or something big happens, that civil unrest is going to be, uh, you know, pockets all over the United States and could, depending on how situations unfold, grow to be bigger. Um, now, I, you, you hear people talking all the time about how the people from the city are going to come out to urban or rural areas and as um, soon as they've ransacked the whole inner cities. I don't know. I don't know about all of that. I don't know that it gets that bad, uh, but you never know, and you've got to prepare for that. Uh, even if it isn't roving, you know, the roving mob coming out to rural areas or suburban areas, all it takes is one group of people or one person at your front door in your neighborhood uh, to wreak a lot of havoc. So uh, it is something that we need to prepare for. But that that civil unrest is is I think a big one because it. People are predictably unpredictable, I suppose, is a good way to put this. We know what they're going to do. We know in any sort of disaster situation, you see it all the time with Black Friday and, and you know, even this, you know, the shortages and stuff like that. We know what they're going to do. We just don't know when and how or where they're going to do this stuff. So I think their people are predictably unpredictable, uh, but we know exactly what's going to happen. We just don't know where it's going to happen, and we've got to be ready uh, for that stuff to happen. So um, that's why I think civil unrest is a big one. Being able to stay away from it, being able to defend yourself if there is no way to stay away from it, all of that stuff really matters. All right, the next one I have, which is not a SHTF type scenario or whatever, but it's it's popular culture, basically, uh, because that is the reason, I, I feel anyway, that is the reason this country is headed in the direction that it is. And I talked about this in the beginning where we've gone through, we, we've lived the, you know, we've had life more easy here in the United States than we ever have before. We haven't had to go any, through anything major. We basically watched the first Iraq war on television. Uh, you know, we haven't had to go through world wars. We haven't had to go through depressions. We haven't had to go through anything really tough. And because of that, it has created a, a, a group of people that basically us as Americans, and I'm, again, I'm not talking me and you, but us as Americans have become weak. We are looking for issues. We are looking for problems because we don't have any real problems. And I'm talking a general sense as an American public, not uh, on an individual sense. I know some people do, and, and some people have more problems than other people. But in general, in the United States, we haven't had to go through anything. And that has weakened us. It has caused us to worry about different issues that, you know, transgenderism and all of these different things that that really have no effect on our lives and our survival and all that stuff. But, you know, we, we've had it so easy, we don't have to think about that stuff. So popular culture tends to go in the direction of just completely softening us, I think. And, it, and it's making, you know, you think about the, the whole thing with transgenders in the military and doing all of these different things that is, it's not, it's not doing anything to help strengthen us. And at the same time, you, you, they're not doing that stuff in China. They're not doing that stuff in Russia. Uh, they are strengthening themselves and positioning themselves uh, to be a world power. And I think with us kind of standing on our laurels and, and worrying more about 
uh, being politically correct than actually defending our republic. Uh, I think that is, a, you know, a, a recipe for disaster, basically. So I think popular culture um, is eroding our society. And and I think part of that, I'm not going to get all religious here, but part of that has to do with religion as well. People um, just basically forgetting about religion and, and what they do when they do that is they have to find their own, they have to find something else to believe in. So whether that's politics is becomes their religion or, you know, whatever it is, they they find something and they grab onto it, and that becomes their religion because, you know, God can't possibly exist, right? Uh, anyway, I'm not going to get too religious into this, but this is this is where popular culture is going to. And popular culture has a way of dictating decisions that get made in Washington, di- dictate decisions that get made uh, from big businesses. You look at this Georgia election law that just happened and all these big corporations that are, you know, getting involved in politics and getting involved in the election laws. And if, if you don't think they have the ability to sway public opinion and, and affect change in Washington, um, you're not paying attention. Uh, I guarantee you they do. So uh, this popular culture is just leading us down this, leading us over the edge of this cliff, basically. A uh, bunch of, like I said in the beginning, a bunch of sheeple did, you know, racing towards us and we're standing at the edge of the cliff. So uh, popular culture concerns me for a number of different reasons, but um, that is one of the, the things that could lead uh, to all this other stuff I'm talking about. And then one more here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it's uh, China concerns me. And I don't know what, when, why, or or how something will happen, whether it's China becoming the their their money becoming the world currency whether it's China deciding they want to uh, you know right now there's there's stuff going on with Taiwan uh, whether it's China des- deciding to flex their muscles and try to become that world power um, I, I don't know what exactly to expect from China but I know they're getting uh, you know uh, they're, they're getting pretty big they are a concern to me you hear for the last four years all you heard was Russia Russia Russia. Uh, when I've been looking over at China going, hey, you know, what about them? Uh, I'm not too concerned about Russia right now. Um, at the same time, you know, you do have Russia that's that's messing with the Ukraine, uh, according to news reports here in the U.S. anyway. Uh, so you've got China messing with Taiwan. You've got Russia messing with the Ukraine. All of this stuff uh, going on on a global scale. And where does that put the United States? Uh, I don't know. But it is something that that, that does concern me. What China does financially... China is is in control of, of our businesses here in the United States. Nobody will say one bad word about China because it may affect their bottom line. Where does that go in the future? Even if China doesn't attack or we don't attack them or you know there isn't some sort of war or conflict or something like that. How does that look financially? Let's say, again, I'm going to go into the Great Reset, but let's say we go into some sort of Great Reset with all these countries in, in Europe and all of that. Where does that put China? It, it you know, it, they're not going to join it. Where does that put Russia? Where does that put Iran? Where does that put North Korea? It's almost like, to me anyway, these the Axis and the Allies from World War II, where it's almost aligning all of these different countries, uh, positioning them your team against my team, and uh, who knows where that that ends up. That is something that you know. It, it you know maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it does, but it's something that that is on my radar. But you know, China, whether it's a military conflict, whether it's a financial situation, China is is on my radar right now because, you know, they've got half of our politicians in their pockets. They've got half of our businesses in their pockets. Um, who knows where all of that stuff leads?
Now, finally, I want to get to the Great Reset because all of these different types of disaster scenarios, I think, in my mind, leads to a, a, the, the Great Reset or some sort of reset is inevitable for this country. Uh, whether it is structured like the World Economic Forum has it structured, uh, which is pretty spooky. We've done a couple podcasts on that about uh, how they plan on basically controlling every aspect of our lives. And they do all of this under the guise of equality. And, you know, it's it's better for you. Trust us. We know what's best for you type of thing. Uh, the government's going to have control of our money. There's not going to be any private ownership, cars, houses, anything like that. Because everything, we, we need to basically trust these elites to run our daily lives. Because, you know, just like just like nowadays with the media and the propaganda and all that, we can't be trusted to make decisions. We can't be, you know... We, we, we have to be told certain stories and told different things. We have to be lied to for our own good. And when you think about how bad something like that is now, when this whole great reset happens, and who knows when it, when it would, but when that happens and they have control over every aspect of our lives, they can dictate everything. They can dictate who buys what. You know, you talk about the social credit score. They'll have access to all of this data. They'll be able to tell who is, you know, anti-abortion, who is second, going to do these Second Amendment rallies. They'll be able to target people and do these things, and they'll be able to cut you off because they have control over everything. They'll basically be able to end your life or your 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 ability to live, basically. Uh, so it. It, it it's pretty it's pretty concerning to me the whole great reset aspect of it because I think they're they're going so so far over the edge that they're not and by they I mean the government uh, governments around the world they're going so far over the edge that they're not going to have any choice but to implement something like this and I don't see the sunshine and roses that all of these politicians and the the World Economic Forum and all these people. Um, tend to tell you how it's going to be. I, I don't see it like that. I, I see a bigger divide with the elites and the average. I don't even think there'll be any average people. It'll be the elites and the and the and the poor, and that's exactly what it'll be. The you've you've got the the people in control, and then you've got the worker ants uh, doing everything. So uh, the Great Reset is a huge one for me. And, and like I said, we've done a couple of podcasts on this and I went to a lot of detail. I'm probably going to do a lot of detail on it in the future too because it is one of those things that I just see that's exactly where I see us heading. Does that mean that you know, the Constitution is completely out the door? I think so. Um, how long does that take? I mean, you know, does it take 50 years? Does it take 100 years? Does it take 200 years before the Constitution is completely ripped up? Uh, you know, who knows? Or maybe it's just so, you know, so changed and, you know, words, you know, words matter like they always say, right? So they change the meaning of different words and they change everything to where the Constitution has no semblance in what it was actually designed for by our founding fathers. So, um, you know, just to, those are some of the things on my, my priority list right now. And a lot of things that I'm concerned about and a lot of these things um, you know, tend to go towards popular culture and where our government's headed and, and where the things that are going to happen in that time frame when all of that stuff, um, you know, kind of unfolds. Now, as far as my preparedness plans uh, for dealing with some of these things, um, my main thing right now is is working on, uh, you know, the 
getting away from the the fiat currency, the cash. Uh, you've got inflation. Inflation goes up two percent every year, just on a normal year. If hyperinflation were to happen, then you've got you know that dollar bill worth a, a quarter or a dime or something. So you you have a hundred dollars in your bank account, you actually have ten. So I'm gravitating. I'm, I'm working on getting some silver. I'm working on um, getting more into cryptocurrency and and not a lot because I'm not sure how how that is all going to unfold either. But um, a lot of silver, uh, a lot of food storage. People don't think of food storage and you know prepping supplies in general as an investment, but it absolutely is. When you let's say you've got a year's worth of food uh, stored, whether that's you know the long term food storage, you've got food storage buckets, flour, rice, beans, all of that stuff. Right now, it's it's reasonably priced. But you think about in a situation where um, there's hyperinflation or something like that, you know, a bag of, of rice or a bag of flour could cost you a few bucks now, where in a situation like that, that same bag of flour could cost you, you know, 30 bucks uh, with the value of the dollar. So food storage, I think, is just as important as, you know, getting that silver. Gold's pretty expensive. You know, some people can afford it. Some people can't. Uh, and everybody's different anyway. You know, however much silver you can afford uh, to invest in. I do that. I try to get a certain amount every month, and that is dependent completely on my budget and how much that I can afford to do. Uh, when it comes to housing, that's another big issue. People who have mortgages, us, uh, I don't know that there is a solution for that other than maybe figure out an alternative because I don't, there is, in the next year or two, there is no way feasibly, unless I win the lottery or something, no way feasibly I am going to I'll be able to pay off the house. So that is something that I've got to think about contingencies for if, you know, certain situations happen. Now, if everybody's in that situation, maybe not there, maybe they're not evicting everybody. But you saw in the Great Depression where, you know, these big businesses will evict people. And, you know, it is in the the interest of these big businesses too, because just like in this pandemic, these big businesses make money off that. You kick somebody out of their home because they can't pay the mortgage and you let somebody else pay that mortgage and they can't pay the mortgage. And then you, you know, you collect the money from them until you sell it to somebody else. So they're, they're making money off this. So to think that they're not going to boot you out of your house, foreclose on you uh, is just kind of nearsighted in my opinion. And it's something that we need to think about, but um, all of that stuff, gold, silver, food storage, prepping supplies, all of that stuff is an investment in your future. It's stuff that if hyperinflation does happen, uh, you don't have to, you, you've got that stuff and you don't have to worry about going out and buying that stuff when instead of three bucks, it's th 30 bucks and, and even fuel. Uh, you look at a year ago, fuel was, uh, you know, under two bucks a gallon. Now we're, we're getting up to about three bucks a gallon and who knows where that goes in the future. So all of that stuff is super important to me. Uh, another one that's super important to me is gardening. Um, getting that local food supply. Uh, if the supply lines were to shut down, if we were to have another pandemic that, that shut everything down, I want to be able to have that food storage and I want to be able to have that fresh fruit as well. So what I'm doing is I've taken actually a portion of my backyard that I am going to rip the grass out. Uh, Lisa's not too happy about this, but I'm going to rip the grass out and I'm going to make a, a couple more raised bed uh, garden plots there uh, to grow a little bit more stuff. And, and that's solely because I'm not sure. I, I don't want to have to depend on the supply line. Now, granted, while I can, I'm getting my food storage. I'm doing all that stuff because I'm not just going to be eating fruits and vegetables 
Uh, I don't want to be just eating fruits and vegetables and, you know, some chicken and, and doing that stuff for a year or two. I want to have that other, that, that variety as well. And that, that long-term food storage stuff that lasts for 20 years, those buckets that last five to 10 years, all of that stuff is, is really good to have. So that's all super important as well. And then finally, along with that too, um, I'm reassessing, you know, as far as community, neighbors, uh, friends, family, all of those people that not necessarily a group, I don't have an actual prepping group. And some of you may, and you know, that's great if you do, it's got to be the right people. Uh, we've got a, I've, we've done a podcast on this as well, talking about prepper groups or networks, but building that stuff now that, you know, this pandemic thing is a good way to open the door and talk about, you know, preparedness to people. Um, it, it's a it's a good way to kind of broach that subject, maybe not necessarily calling it prepping or whatever, but talking about, hey, what would you do in this situation? What would you do in that situation? Um, thinking about different places, like I was just talking about being foreclosed on, thinking about different places I'd be able to go uh, if the house was foreclosed on or, you know, different friends and family, maybe friends and family that have their home paid off, friends and family that would be supportive in a situation where it's some sort of depression where we could work together and do things. All of that is super important to me as well as that that networking part of it. So having my ducks in a row, having my food storage, having you know all of the, the a little bit of money that's not in fiat currency sitting in the bank, uh, waiting to uh, you know just disappear basically, just just going away at a at an exponential rate. Uh, but having that those hard assets, and again with the the silver and all of that stuff, not just buying silver online making sure you have silver, uh, making sure you have a safe to put that silver in, all of that stuff, making sure you have that on you. Uh, and I and I get the fact that in a, a true SHTF type situation, silver is not going to hold any value. But in my opinion, um, there are a lot of disaster, there are a lot more disaster situations that aren't a full, complete Mad Max type situation that where that that will have some value. Um, now, if you're talking a pandemic where everything's locked down, no, that's not going to have any value. You're talking about hyperinflation where people don't have jobs and, and can't do anything. That may have some, some value. If you're talking about hyperinflation where it's, it's, a, it's a huge issue, maybe it doesn't. But, um, you know, you just never know. But I think it's regardless when everything, you know, the disaster happens and then everything starts to even back out. That that gold and silver throughout history has always maintained its value, and whether it goes up or down, eventually it's going to have that value. Fiat currency, you, you can't say the same thing about. So um, that's why I, you know, I, I chose or I'm choosing to invest a little bit in the gold and silver. Uh, do whatever I can each month and and all of that stuff. Investing in the gardening, investing in those skills that I can basically self sustain for as long as possible. Uh, the canning, the all of that, all of that different stuff, to where on a local level, you're able to do this stuff, and you're not so dependent on those supply lines and all that stuff. Anyway, that's it for today. I know this was kind of long, but there's a lot of things that I'm really concerned about right now, and a lot of things that um, you know I think that a lot of people are, and I think you know we we think back to just 10, 15 years ago, uh, and prepping was a big concern back then. It was a big concern to us, but we look back at that now. And it seems like, wow, you know, that really wasn't all that bad. This seems to be, you know, just absolutely insane. And it seems like we're a freight train getting ready to go over that cliff. Now, maybe we're still around in 10 years 
And we look back going, wow, that really wasn't that bad. Maybe, you know, the trillion dollar debt uh, turns into a quadrillion where we're thinking, hey, you know, we, we were all worried about qu- trillion dollars in debt. Now we're quadrillion dollars in debt. Uh, you know, who knows? I doubt it. You know, I honestly really doubt we ever get that far. I think there's going to be a lot of change in between now and if that were to happen. Uh, and, you know, a lot of turmoil, trials and tribulations in between those things happening. So, uh, but anyway, uh, make sure to subscribe. If you're not subscribed to the channel, like the video, all of that stuff, share with your friends. Uh, it helps get the word out. Um, I appreciate everyone. If you have anything that I didn't cover in here or anything that you're concerned about right now, make sure to leave a comment below. Uh, but we will talk to everyone later. Bye.